Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham, Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, what's going on? It's a, a good day. Yeah. Nice nice day, a little bit a little bit hot, you know, uh, it's got that real summer feel to it. Sure does. Yeah, and so we're, as we're moving into the summer, we're here to talk about some summer topics. Yeah, a few summer topics. We talked yesterday about the last event of the season i should have specified the last international event of the season the american national championships are going on right now now the two two teams that represented the united states at the world championships i guess all three given the the mixed doubles too all of those players are not participating this week so Mm -hmm. this is really basically an olympic trials qualifier in, in a lot of senses so my apologies for seeming as though i was dismissive of that that wasn't my goal but we do want to start looking ahead to the summer a little bit one of our favorite traditions on the show is to do some power rankings at the end of the season to see where teams stack up in our minds because oftentimes scott it's different from where the world rankings are or where the ken palm rankings are we have a bit of a different approach to things here a little bit of a different approach. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a lot more of the eye test as opposed to, you know, the, you win an event or you get a certain number of points at an event and that gives you points in the standings. Ours is a little more subjective. Uh, I would say I take a little bit more of a, a mathematical, statistical approach to it, but I like to blend a lot of stuff. Right. And and Sean, you're more of an eye test guy. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Who wins? <laughs> Who wins the game? Yeah, uh, all you got you play to win the game, right? Right. Yes. There so, so as per usual, we will separate this out. Do the men's power rankings next week. This week, we're going to do the women's, and we've divvied this up. So, the women's power rankings I have done, and Scott will react to my rankings, and then next week we'll do the opposite, where Scott will present his rankings on the men's side, and I will react to it. And uh, this should be this should be a lot of fun. So, Scott, are you ready for my? Women's post worlds power rankings. Yeah, so we're gonna do <clears throat> counting down top ten. Yeah, it's more fun that way, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Got to build the drama. Who's number one? Like you know, I mean, it's not as exciting to build the who's number ten. I mean, it could be for those you know three four teams that are on the cusp, but uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's better that way. Wait, maybe we can give some honorable mentions if there's any outside the top ten. Well, okay, so <laughs> this is my first issue. I have two teams tied for 10. Oh, I, boy. I couldn't decide on where I wanted to go with this. So my two teams that are tied for 10th in the power rankings are two Manitoba squads, Jennifer Jones and Tracy Flurry. So, Scott, mm-hmm. here's my rationale for Jennifer Jones. Greatest group of all time. I feel bad leaving her out. But... Overall, she did go nine and three at the Scotties. She did lose the tiebreaker game to Laura Walker as a skip. Jennifer Jones was the third ranked skip in the event. She threw a 78% went plus five for the week. Caitlin Laws was the number third ranked third. And I would argue that she is 
one of the top five women's players in the world, if you're just to take the players as individuals. So having her on the team, obviously that's a, a huge boon to them in terms of how I would rank the team. A little disappointing at the Champions Cup and the Players' Championship. No doubt about that. They go a combined three and six at those two events. But I think mm-hmm. Jennifer Jones, she has slowed down since that World Championship in 2018. No question about it. And the results aren't what we've seen. But I think she is still a top 10 team in the world. She has maintained a spot in the top 10 on Ken Palm's rankings at the end of this season. So I think she's in here as a top 10 or or a top 11 team in the world. Yeah, absolutely fair. You you got, you know, like you say, the greatest skip of all time. It's going to be really hard to leave her out of the top 10 because when she's performing and the rest of her team behind her, that they can beat anyone, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you can beat anyone, probably you deserve to be uh, in the top 10 in the world. Yes. So the team I have her tied with is Tracy Fleury. Now, this is tough. This gets into a little bit of the discussions of what we've seen in other sports when women are out for pregnancies and they're on a maternity leave. How do you maintain the ranking there? And mm-hmm. So that's going on in boxing right now. Certainly there was a, a lot of discussion when Serena Williams was out on tennis and, and how do you work it? So if you looked at this last year and where we were last year, Tracy Flurry was ranked number three in the world on the order of merit and they had had a phenomenal season. Yeah. Now I have never been as high on Tracy Flurry as the rankings are. So even last year, I think I would have had them in the lower half of the top 10 just because I want to see it at a Scotty's and then hopefully for them, a world championship someday. And I'm not, I wasn't fully sold on this team, but they are great. They've won a, a, a grand slam, the one in North Bay last year. They have a great spiel season. They had a pretty good performance when they've been to the Scotty's. They all have great resumes on their own. I just want to see them all put it together. So, yeah. you know, again, just from where I am, I, I think this is probably around where I would have had them last year too. The only time we saw Tracy Fleury herself at the bubble was during the Champions Cup. Goes 0-4, comes in cold, just goes 0-4, which is amazing during the round <laughs> robin. Loses the semifinal of that event. And then if you look at the team during the Scotties, somewhat interestingly enough, they all had really good stats, which is very difficult to do when someone who's never seen you throw or you've never played with at least is putting the broom down for you. Selena mm-hmm. Negevin was the number two third at the Scotties with an 80% plus four. So uh, overall a strong team. And I'm really excited to see what they can do next year where it'll they have some some room behind them they've played together a bunch at this point hopefully they can get the full season together next year and as we go into those trials which and they will be at the trials that is going to be a team that if you're the the i would argue the top two teams in the country you don't want to sleep on no for sure so uh they're ranked third in the world rankings right now ken palm has I guess their team is number six uh, called the Chelsea carry rank uh, based. Th- those rankings are based mostly on the, the most recent results. Right. So yeah, uh, yeah like ob- obviously a very good team, but you're right. They, they haven't proven it yet at the, at the highest, highest level. 
You know, we need to see them break through at that Scotty's and break or, or break through on the world scene. Uh, even I believe when they played the World Cup event in the U.S. a couple of years ago, I, I don't think they uh, well, they didn't make the final. Right. And, yeah. And so, you know, it's something you maybe you don't expect it. There's a lot of really great teams there, but. We, you know, we haven't seen the performance on the next level. So I understand you're ranking, uh, ranking them 10. Yes. And and so, you know, if, if you look back at 2020, they, they didn't play the full event at the Scotties. They lost that wild card game to Jennifer Jones. So, you know, again, it's just, it's just seeing it at that, that next level. And, and this is where that eye yeah. test comes in. Right. And uh, that's what I want to see next. And I, and I, I'm excited to see it. Absolutely. All right, so my number nine, that's the last tie. There are no more ties. I've, I've actually ranked the teams after this. Good. No more ties. Uh, number nine for me is Satsuki Fujisawa out of Japan. Overall in the bubble goes five and five, goes two and two in the Champions Cup, three and two in the round robin of the players, losing the quarterfinal to Hasselberg there. And Scott, I would say they benefited a little bit in terms of how I would think of them by not being at the world championship. And I, Mm. you know, I would argue that, or I would expect that had they been there, Japan would have done better than five and eight. I think they would have outperformed Yoshimura and given the, the country a better chance to have that spot at the Olympics overall, just a, a really good team. If you look at the world rankings, they're pretty high up there. They're in the top 10, uh, number four, actually, as we sit right mm-hmm. now and a, a team that I've always liked. I'm a fan of them. I like watching them play. I think they deserve a spot in the top 10. Okay. Okay. Uh, like you say, the rankings say they should be there. Uh, it's hard given that we haven't seen that much, but I think that's going to be the case for all of these teams. Uh, yeah. They have a track record of playing well, uh, a, a good track record at world championships. So yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely see this team being a part of this top 10. Yeah, and let me just correct myself. I said uh, overall they went. Uh, what did I say? Five, five. They went six and six overall. I should say that lost the Hasselberg quarterfinals at the players and okay. won a tiebreaker in the Champions Cup before losing to Rachel Holman. So overall, twelve games in the bubble this year, and they split them down the middle. Okay, but uh, like like I say, the the track record I think uh, elevates them a little bit higher. The rankings alone might have them higher than. And you've got them, but I think based on what we've seen, that's pretty fair. All right. All right. Let's move on up to team number eight in my rankings. Scott, this is a team that when we previewed the Scotties, we said, hey, could this team take another step forward? And they did. That is Laura Walker's squad out of Alberta. Very impressive performance. They go nine and three in the Scotties round robin. They win the tiebreaker over Jennifer Jones before losing that semifinal to Carrie Anerson, Laura Walker herself as the skip. She goes plus six on a 77% for the week, but somewhat interesting, Scott. And I wonder if this is one of those things that they'll look at or, or she'll in particular look at or if opponents will look at over the week. And this, again, could be anom- just an anomaly for the week. She threw 81% on draws, 76% on hits, but there was a very significant disparity between her intern and her outturn on draws intern was 76% outturn 84% and on hits she threw 73% on her interns 78% on 
on her outturn. So that is a pretty significant shift in the numbers between the two turns. So that's something that I, I I just noticed when I was going through this. And I'm curious to see how that will look moving forward, if that is a trend at all. But overall, very solid performance for the team at the Scotties. They weren't in the mix for the Grand Slams. Laura Walker was scheduled to play, but uh, something happened, which we will talk about, that prevented her from playing in the Grand Slams. And just overall, Scott, I think, as I said, we we wondered if they could take that step. They took it in my mind. Okay, okay. Uh, so interesting uh, to me on this one. Uh, this is one of the first that I'm I'm a little bit surprised that uh, that you've got Team Walker that high. To me, they're a, they're sort of in the same camp as the Tracy Flurry team, in the sense that you know we've seen them have a pretty good couple of years, not quite breakthrough at, at nationals. They've made the playoffs for both times, which is better than the the Flurry team has been able to do. Uh, so I'll give you that. But again, I you know I, I feel like I need to see a bit more. Okay, uh, I, I understand putting them at eight. I, I'm looking at the the top ten um, right now, and I'm thinking, okay, so Laura Walker's team outside the top ten. Yep, she is. So which ones are Sean is Sean going to bring down and and out of that top ten? So uh, that's what I'm looking for. So a little bit interesting. Okay. But uh, but yeah, uh, I, I see your reasons and I, and I get it. All right. And I'll just do a quick back check on you, Scott. In 2020, they did not make the playoffs. They actually didn't make the championship pool. And oh, that's the, right. Scott, that's right. They got off to that hot start and then hot lost, start and then the last lost team. Yeah. 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 All right. So number seven for me, Scott, if you're looking for me to cut one team from the world ranking top 10, now you got to look for two. I got Minji Kim here at number seven. Mm. Overall, they go to a not a great record in the bubble. Overall, four and six. They lost a tiebreaker to Alina Kovaleva at the Champions Cup. But Scott, I, I'm using the same rationale here for what I used on Setsuki Fujisawa in part that them not being at the World Championship, in my mind, almost helped them, as, at least as how I conceive of them as a team. It was great to see Unjun Kim and that team after all they went through. I would argue at this point, Minji Kim is a better team. And if I'm the Korean Curling Association, and if you listen to Rocks Across the Pond, their most recent episode, they detailed how somewhat convoluted the Korean selection system is going to be. There's three different events and they'll only get to the third event if the same team doesn't win the first two. And you can check out the way they describe it. But if I'm the Korean Curling Federation, I'm kind of hoping for Minji Kim to come through and be my rep going to that last chance qualifier. Interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, yeah, pr- not a lot to give between those two teams, uh, to, to be honest. Uh, maybe the edge would go to Minji Kim, given they've been able to play a lot more uh, the last year or so. Uh, well, four years, really. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're right that I think I think what you're seeing is that in the bubble, Yunjin Kim didn't, didn't really impress you that much. And maybe you're conflating the other Team Kim a little bit because you didn't see them perform that way at the world championships. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> so in, in Ken Palm's rankings, uh, Minji Kim team team is uh, ranked 14 
and in the world rankings really quick 11 11 yeah yeah Yeah, 11 you're right yeah there's three three korean teams there yeah korea's pretty pretty damn good like you know the the switzerland of asia almost uh (laughs) in terms of the depth although japan's pretty good too like women's curling is is really really good right now around the world uh the other thing too for for minji kim when we did see them at the world championship in 2019 they did go nine and three at that event uh, into the playoffs so they they have a strong performance on the world stage now, Unjung Kim also has a very strong performance on the world stage. It's just a case of where are the teams right now moving forward. And that's going to be a qualifier national championship to really pay attention to as we get closer to the fall. And theirs starts really early in Korea. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to pay attention as we move through the summer what's going down on the Korean Peninsula. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can, uh, I, I can buy it. I can buy your argument. All right, Scott, let's go then to number six on my power rankings. And this team broke through, won their country's first medal in women's curling in Mm. a decade and a half. I'm going with Tabitha Peterson winning the bronze medal at the Women's World Curling Championship. Didn't do that great at the slams, but came through when it mattered qualifying the United States for the Olympics and getting that medal. Scott, I have was so impressed with Tabitha Peterson and it, it was almost like Amber Holland in 2011, where she was just bailing her team out. It seemed like every game and that switch of lineups, it was great last year. And I think it confirmed that it was a good idea to have Tabitha Peterson throw last. Now, last year, the switch was made out of necessity, but I think you keep it moving forward based off of the results and where we are. And I think Tabitha Peterson throwing last gives this team the best chance to succeed. And if they can beat Jamie Sinclair, which I would put them as a slight favorite right now, I think it mm-hmm. puts the country in a best the best position to earn a medal at the Olympics next year. Okay. Okay. Interesting to have them this high. I think I would have had uh, Team Kim ahead of them and maybe even one more. I'm I'm trying to decide who, maybe Fujisawa. But uh, if you look at this year's performance by the team alone, it's not very good. Like, no, they they got a medal, but it's not very good. The thing is super small sample size, right? Yes. Uh, games against other teams ranked in the top 10. I think they're just, uh, let me take a look here. I, it's really bad. Uh, it's not great. No, <laughs> it uh, is bad. T- uh, two and 11 uh, against other teams in the top 10. Uh, their hammer efficiency is 29%, really bad. Steel yeah. defense, only 23%. Uh, not very, or that is pretty high, but. Overall, uh, some uninspiring numbers this year. If you look back to last year, much better. Uh, and like you say, with Tabitha Peterson as skip, she herself has played quite well, uh, bailing her team out of a lot of situations. So I, I think for me, this team is more a bubble top 10. I think I would have uh, both of your top 10, like number 10 teams yep. in ahead of uh, Team Peterson. Okay. But but if you're going based on, if you're projecting something going forward, then okay 
yeah, that's part of what I'm doing. And, and you're right. The the slams hurt them. Certainly, they go one and eight in the two slams. But yeah, I am projecting a little bit forward that Tabitha Peterson can do some stuff or has done some stuff that Nina Roth hasn't in terms of bailing out the team in certain ends and in games. And that just mm-hmm. gives them another dynamic that uh, this particular squad hasn't had before. Absolutely. All right, let's move in to the top five. My number five team is the team with no country. That's Alina Kovaleva and her squad, the silver medalist from the 2021 Women's World Championship. Overall, I think a very impressive performance for them. Not so much in the slams. They held their own in the slams with an overall record of five and six, made the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. But once we get to that world championship, they go 11 and two, really run through the field. They were third in shooting percentage as a team for the week, and they were third in jaw shot challenge, which is certainly a factor now at world events. And as we look around in Russia, even though they're not from Russia, but they are from mm-hmm. Russia. They're, you know, Russia, they've done the best of seven series, but it, this this is the team. And, and they have a pedigree from before. Like Kovaleva has done well at World Championships before. Did really well this week. I couldn't help but laugh a little bit when Jonathan and Ryan were talking about everyone. They, they were looking at this and like, how are they doing this? And like, you know, I, I don't think they were intentionally leading me as the listener of that show to a very specific answer of like, how are they doing this? But that's all I could think of as they were talking. You Mm -hmm. hope that that's not the case, certainly. But the performance this year at the World Championship, very impressive. They've had impressive performances before. So I I really like them as a top 10 team at this point. I I think you're right, Sean. Bang on. I I would have put them fifth as well. Um, based not only on this year, on, on last year too. They've winner winning percentage last year of 740, uh, playing 60-something games. So I believe that was the 2019-2020 season. And then this season, 35-9. and nine. Uh, it, it, They played some events in Russia as well as the World Championship. So, like, they're really good. And uh, to the point where... I don't think anybody even thinks about Anna Sidorova anymore. No, no, it's certainly not top of mind when you're thinking of teams that are coming out of a country in Eastern Europe. <laughs> yeah. A country. <laughs> yeah. Who knows which one though? Yeah. So, so those are the, so that's five and below Scott. If I could have like an empty spot here, I would just to create a tier between these teams that I just talked about in the next four. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the next four are the cream of the crop, and I'm interested to hear which order you've got them in. All right, so number four, I have Anna Hasselberg here in the four position. Uh, they go shocked. S- 10 and three at the World Championships. They lost the semifinal to Kerry Anderson at the Players' Championship after a four and one round robin. And Scott, you were very concerned after the Champions Cup when they went over and uh, just really mm-hmm. had a terrible opening week in the bubble. Over the course of the week, they are second in shooting percentage as a team in the World Championship. They Now, I don't want to say that they gave up in the semifinal because I don't think they did, but this is a team that it's World Championship or bust for them. They go into an event, and if they don't win it, they're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And you know, Anna Hasselberg, the only thing left for her to win in the sport 
unless you you know she's really into winning a, a senior championship, world championship at some point, is the the women's world championship, and and I I don't think that'll be her focus next year. It'll still be the Olympics, trying to repeat as the Olympic champion. They're great. They're a phenomenal team, top to bottom, no question about it. But their bubble performance, I would argue, compared to the other three teams who we'll talk about, was just a little lesser than. So that's why I would have them fourth out of those four. Okay. I I see what you mean. I hear what you're saying. I would still... I, I know past performance does not predict future outcomes. But I would still weight that past performance a little bit higher in my mind than one of the teams on this list uh, that that's left to come. Okay. I, I'm sure you're not going to throw a weird curveball at me and you know pick Madalena Dupont because she made the playoffs. <laughs> but uh, fourth, I, I I see the argument to it, but I don't agree. Okay. All right, well, when we get to the end of mine, we can see where you rank these four teams. And yes, you're right. Suzanne Burt is going to be number one. <laughs> so, Rocks and play. <laughs> number three, I have Rachel Holman and the team out of Ontario. And Scott, really impressive bubble performance for Rachel Holman herself. She throws 82% at the Scotties as a plus six. They lose the final of the Players' Championship, win the Champions Cup, of course, losing the final of the Scotties overall in the bubble, they go 21 and seven and I put them three only because I think top to bottom, like I think you can even make an, an, a case that Hasselberg top to bottom is a better lineup than Holman, but I think mm-hmm. Holman is the best player in the world. So she can overcome if it's like two percentage points difference over the course of a season, her team being a little worse. And I don't even think it would be two percentage points, but I, I really think that Rachel Holman solidified herself in my mind as the best player in the world. Uh, yeah, I, I agree that she is maybe the best player in the world. Uh, she's lost three Scotty's titles in a row. So I would put Anna Hasselberg above. All right. That's, I mean, there's no denying the greatness of this team. Yeah, they're, but, they're really good. <laughs> but they're they're really good, but they've come short those three times. And, and if we look at evaluating some of the other teams based on... Uh, we're, I, I, I want to talk about one team that you've left off the list eventually, but basing it on sort of the most recent performance yep. that, that you've seen, I, I think Anna Hasselberg would be on top of Rachel Holman. Uh, for the full body of work. I can see that, but, but here's, here's sort of the issue, right? When you say, okay, well, Rachel Holman has lost three Scotties in a row. I, I will also point out, she made the final of every event she played in this year. Yeah. She has made, <laughs> yeah. she's made the final of, of every Scotty she's played in for the, since like 2016, you know, just sort of the, the, and she's not like, she's younger than me. It, it, it makes me so sad that she's so much she's more accomplished than me in every way so possible. <laughs> like she, she's so good. And the team is really good too, obviously. But the comparison of, well, Holman's lost these, these Scotty's finals. I think you could almost make some sort of comparable case where for Anna Hasselberg, the world championship is almost like her Scotty's in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to yeah. look at it that way, which is so like Canada centric, Canada's the best, which I hate to do. But 
her big event for the year that she's really trying to win is the world championship. And like Rachel Holman in the past three years, Anna Hasselberg hasn't been able to get over that hump either. So if we're looking at failures or, or inability to, to win at that pinnacle or that signature event, you have the same issue for Hasselberg. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good argument. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you there. They're they're both great teams. I think we're just picking hairs and yeah, yeah, we are splitting hairs. Do you pick hairs? Do you split split hairs? Uh, I have no hair. I, think, I have no hair. I don't know. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. That's uh, why I don't know. <laughs> I, and I guess if you say you have one skip throwing the last shot, who do you want? Rachel Holman or Anna Hasselberg. Yeah. You're picking Rachel Holman and I think I'm picking Anna Hasselberg. All right. And that's fair, right? I mean, out of those. Yeah. Teams, and, right? and I'll tell you, like, I'll, I'll take the second pick in that. Like, and yeah. be really comfortable. Uh, Very comfortable sure. with it. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move up a notch. Scott, my number two ranked team, Carrie Anderson, the team out of Gimli. Unbelievable performance this year overall. Scott, I, I noted this down and I just did the Scotties because I was curious. The back three players, so Burchard, Val Sweeting, and Kerry Anderson, each of them were the number one ranked player at their position over the course of the Scotties. They played 14 games and Kerry Anderson got a plus in 12 of those games. She That's was crazy. She was a minus once. And that's when she threw an 80% game against Rachel Holman in draw 17, the round robin game that they lost. So, you know, her minus was a good game too. Yeah. So just incredible. So overall she was at 83% plus 11. Val was number one, 80% plus five. Shannon Burchard was 83% plus 10, which is crazy. And Brianne Mayer really just brought shame to the team by throwing 82% and only being a plus two. And she was the fifth rank lead. So just an incredible performance for the team overall. And then they go into the slams. They win the players championship. Three of the four make the playoffs at the mixed doubles. If you want to include this, you can. I'm not including that in this part of it, but just overall a phenomenal season. Yes, they went one and five at the start of the women's world, but they also went and recovered and won six of the last seven games to get that Olympic spot. So I, I have to have them obviously very high. I put them ahead of Holman because they won the last two Scotty's finals against Rachel Holman. I agree. I, I agree that with this spot for this team, we talked about uh, last week on our show, the, the bubble superlatives, the team of the bubble was the team. Carrie Anderson mm-hmm. uh, continued a strong year from the year before. Uh, after after winning the Scotties in 2020, uh, we were all wondering, hey, uh, how will the layoff affect them with with them not being able to practice together? You know, will the disappointment of not being able to go to the Worlds affect their Scotties performance? And they sort of answered every call. Uh, every time they were asked to deliver something, they delivered. So, uh, yeah, very, very comfortable with this team ranked at number two. All right. So, Scott. I, I guess that means you can guess who the number one team is. And that is your back-to-back women's world curling champions, Silvana Terenzoni, the Swiss team. They were like a hot knife through butter 
in that field at the women's world. That's maybe a little, a uh, little much, but they do go 12 and one during the women's worlds. They shoot 87%, which was 3% better as a team than anybody else in the field. And Anna Hasberg, as I said, was second in that. They also won the draw shot challenge rankings. They were first in that players championship. They go four and one in the round robin, three and one at the champions cup, losing the final there. Just a really solid performance for this team. They earn the Olympic berth, not only for Switzerland, but also for themselves, which we can talk about what that meant for my power rankings elsewhere, if you want. Mm -hmm. But this team just solidified itself as right now the best team in the world, in my mind. I I think you're right. Uh, You know, in 2020, they lost the Swiss championship and weren't going to be going to the world championship in Prince George. Uh, team Stern was going, and I, I don't know this, but maybe they looked at themselves and said, you know what? We're going to be the ones going to the Olympics. We're going to show you all how good we are. Uh, when they brought Alina Pats into this team, I was sort of curious, like, oh, why, I wonder why, uh, why she would want to do that. Uh, why the shakeup on the front end? And this, they've proven why she she's ice cold, right? She's got ice yeah. cold water running through her veins. She can do, make any shot, draw the pin at the drop of a hat, make a big takeout, any shot she's got. This team can play any style uh, and they can play it well. Yeah. And, and I fully agree with this team being the number one, number one team in the world right now. Yeah, just a, an incredible performance. And I think the two of them, as you say, personality wise, work out well. Tiranzoni is a little more hot headed, a little more intense. And Alina Pats is just sort of shrugs her shoulders and like, what are you upset about? I'm going to, I'm going to make the shot. We're going to win the game. Like knock it off. Yeah. Right. It's uh, <laughs> really just a, an incredible mindset for, for Alina Pats, who now has four gold medals at the women's world curling championship dating back to 2012. She's been part of four teams that have won. So just a overall, just incredible resume for them. Now, if you want to nitpick and you say, well, Sean, you have them as number one. You have Rachel Holman at number number three. Rachel Holman beat them in the playoffs at both of the Grand Slams. Sure, that is true. Oh, that, Grand that, Slams. That is true. But, uh, you know, just that, that women's world performance was just so impressive from post to post. Uh, just an incredible, just so good. And, and again, the, the sweeping, the whole lineup one through four. I think what you see with the top four teams is one through four really no weaknesses at all from sweeping to line calling communications, really good, just incredible teams that if you're going to beat them, you have to play really well and hope that they don't play as well as they do. And and honestly, if the Olympics were these four teams, just like playing the whole time, I'd be okay with that. I think, cause that would be very entertaining. Uh, yeah. That, these are, these are pretty clearly the four best. And whichever order you want to put them in, I understand. But I, I do think that the Tiranzoni should be at the top, given what we've seen this year and the the couple of years before that as well. Yeah. All right. So let's just run it back real quick. So number 10, I have a tie. Jennifer Jones, Tracy Flurry. Number nine, Satsuki Fujisawa. Number eight, Laura Walker. Seven, Minji Kim. Six, Tabitha Peterson. Five, Alina Kovaleva. Four, Anna Hasselberg, three, Rachel Holman, two, Carrie Anderson, and one, Sylvana Tiranzoni. So, Scott, 
who did I surprise you with by leaving off my list of 11 teams here? So Sean, the big surprise for who was left off this list is obviously Eve Muirhead and the Scottish team. Very, very disappointing week at the Women's Worlds for them not being able to secure a berth in the Olympics. They're a team that I, I still think is very good, but yeah, that they've sort of been a bit more on on the downswing the last couple of years. Although I think last year when we did our women's preview before we knew it was canceled, I think I picked her to win. Oh, maybe. Uh, so, so I'm a little surprised that, you know, you have a team like Tabitha Peterson uh, or, or even Minji Kim ahead of Eve Muirhead, but the the numbers say it right like they haven't been playing that well yeah it was just yeah such a disappointing week at the world especially after they got off to a a pretty good start and they were playing really well but a very disappointing loss to team canada on i believe it was the wednesday night that really kind of set them back and they they couldn't really recover and things just really just went in the wrong direction for them they also didn't have the greatest of performances during the two slams, missing the playoffs at the players. They were in a tie break at the Champions Cup. So just not the greatest bubble performance for this team. And yeah, I would probably have them, you know, 12, 13, 14 in that range. Like still a really good team. Certainly expect them to come out of the Olympic qualifier and make their way to Beijing. But I would say it was a a pretty underwhelming spring for that team. And because of that, I would have them out of my top 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, it's, it's a little surprising though, right? Yeah. The, now the other team that I had out of the top 10 that's in currently in the top 10 in the world on the order of merit is Elena Stern. She is ranked six on the order of merit right now. Scott, I have them out just because they've lost the opportunity to compete as team Switzerland for the Olympics. And so as we, we move into next year, we know that it is going to be Sylvana Tiranzoni. I would think at this point, it's likely that Elena Stern is the world championship team. I don't know if anything's been decided or, or if the Swiss Federation has a, a firm decision on that yet. But don't be surprised mm-hmm. to see Elena Stern at the world championship next year. But just as we, we move into next season, the eyes of the curling world, when we look at Switzerland and what's going on in Switzerland, we're going to be focused on Tiranzoni and how they're doing because it's really all in service of the Olympics at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, team Stern will have the opportunity to play in back into the top 10 uh, in your power rankings. Uh, but, but for right now, leaving them out, I think that's, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how they do in the the fall and, and going through the season. Scott, in the 2020 women's world championship, they were my pick to win. And part of the rationale was Swiss teams just show up and win. And, yeah. uh, you know, and if, <laughs> if, if they are the team at the world championship next year, I would think that they would do very, very well. One, because they're really good Two, It's going to be a slightly less competitive field as some of the Olympic teams will not be participating. So uh, it mm-hmm. could be a more wide open field than it was even this year. So, Look for them as potentially a, a really good threat to win the 2022 Women's Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's pretty pretty crazy on the face of it that some team that hasn't won can just 
go and do it. But you're right. The Swiss teams show up and win. That's all they do. That's all yeah. they do. And uh, just another quick thing. Elena Stern is part of the push or the movement for uh, same-sex marriage in Switzerland. Uh, there's a vote coming up. So, you know, as the curling community en masse, you know, I think we've all been pretty good on you know, embracing the LGBTQ plus community and the LGBTQ plus community embracing the world of curling. And so there is a, a vote coming up in Switzerland. So if you're not Swiss, obviously you can't vote in it, but uh, certainly Elena Stern has been pretty outspoken about the vote and getting support for it. So if you can throw some support her way, certainly uh, I know that would be very much appreciated by Elena Stern and the whole team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there you have it. It's got my top 10, 11 uh, power rankings as we are past the Women's World Championship. So you disagree with a couple of things, but there's nothing, you don't think there's anything egregious there. Not too, too egregious. No, no. But I, I'm interested to hear what the listeners have to say, Sean. Uh, what did you get right? What did you totally miss? Up? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let let us hear what uh, what you have to say. Yes. If you are angry at me, let me know about why I am wrong. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. You can also email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, maybe in the future, Scott, we'll get a Belgian team on there, potentially. You never know. Uh, maybe. Maybe. You, you maybe. never know. <laughs> so that will do it for this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast, likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff. Tell other people about the show, too, as we go through the power rankings and some of the fun stuff that we have planned for the summer. We greatly appreciate it. You can also find us on the interweb at gameofstonespod.com. All the past episodes are there. If you missed our curling bubble superlatives, you can find the episode for it. But also, I did up a written post with all of the nominees and the winners, videos, all that good stuff. You can find gameofstonespod.com. Plus, the merch tab is there. I received my second hoodie in the mail today, Scott. Ooh, going to be a, a cozy week for you. Uh, too bad it's a million degrees out. Yeah, but it's supposed to get cold later in the week. So may, okay. may, I might have a chance to wear it this week. If not, it'll be fresh for the fall. Cool. So, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. And of course, all the proceeds from the merch are going to either Food Banks Canada for the t-shirts or the Sandra Schmirler Foundation for the rest of the merch. And we are matching all of the proceeds and making those donations so that will do it for this week thanks again everybody for listening we'll be back with you next week for the men's postseason power rankings we can call them call them postseason because the american national championships will be done scott who you got in the american national championships uh for me it's between rich runin or Corey dropkin yep no question. And I think I'm going to take Dropkin. I think I'm going to take uh, the Young Bucks okay. to break through at this event. All right. Young Bucks, great jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Really cool. And uh, how about on the women's side? The women's side, um, well, I, I think Sinclair has to be the, the favorite, right? Yeah. I think so. I, I, I would. It would be a huge upset if she doesn't win. For sure, in, in my opinion. But uh, you know, 
maybe we'll see a good young team come up and, and make some noise and at least uh, announce their presence. Yeah, without having Tabitha Peterson there, certainly you would look at it and say, well, it's probably Jamie Sinclair's to win. I think so. I think so. So enjoy those games. They are streaming. They're on YouTube now, so you can find those over the course of the week. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit next week when we're back with you for Scott's men's postseason power rankings. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...